Welcome back. Another recording session. This is Two Girls, Girls, One Ghost. Ghost. And this is an encounters episode. About all the encounters you have with the spiritual world. The ghosts and demons all alike. And also, this episode is sponsored by Songfinch. Yes, and stay tuned at the end of this episode to hear our song. So excited. Yes. I just started reading the Two Girls, One Ghost book club book, The Broken Girls by Simone St. James. And I'm only two chapters in, but I'm so excited to read it and actually talk to people about it on the book club, on Goodreads, like in the book club discussion. Yeah. Oh, I wish I could participate. I know. It's right away, it's very ghostly and spooky. It's fun. Oh, I'll just have to read it on my own time. Like, put it on my list yeah. for when I have time to read again. Yeah. I'm just going to keep talking to you about it, though. But okay. I won't ruin anything. I won't spoil anything. Maybe I should get like a book on tape or something. Oh, you should do that when you're in the car going to school or something. Right. I always listen to podcasts then. I know. Like ours. <laughs> but. <laughs> Actually, no, I'm so behind on ours. Me I'm too. Like 10 episodes. Back. I stopped listening to ours because I was like, it's too much. I don't want to listen get too to myself. Critical talk. Of ourselves and exactly. It always affects like that week's recording. Yes. Like I always feel like I'm way like, oh, I can't timid. say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm cheating by listening to an audiobook because I love I reading. Like if I didn't love reading so much, I wouldn't feel guilty. But I do love reading, so I'm like, well, I don't want to turn myself into just a listener. I used to feel like that, but it's just so much more convenient. And and I just want to – there's so many books to read, and it is going to be impossible to physically read them all. I guess if I was reading one and then also listening to one at the same time, I would feel less guilty. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait until I'm retired so I can just sit at a library behind the desk and read books all day. That's what I was thinking about, too. I was really thinking, because someone just won the lottery again. My family's such a lottery family. We're constantly looking up who wins. <laughs> who and won? telling each other, like, oh, don't buy. It's only $20 million today or only. whatever. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> if we're going to win, we want to win a lot. Win big, right? Yeah. So I was just thinking about it. And I was like, how old am I going to be when I win? I hope it's soon. I hope so, too, for your sake. Yeah. For our sake. I'd pay off your student loans. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> and then we'd go to St. Augustine on a vacation. And you'll get married. <laughs> it's a surprise wedding. <laughs> uh, funny thing about my student loans. So when I was, like, when I graduated and you have, like, a six-month, it's like a grace period where you don't have to be paying them. And when I started ha- having to pay them, it was like, You'll pay off your student loans by 2048. I remember you telling me that. I actually just told my parents that this weekend because I was saying how I'd pay off some people's student loans. If you won. And I was like, my friend Sabrina can't pay hers until she's like 40. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've been doing better just because I'm trying to be financially stable before I'm uh, 60 years old. It's a good plan. Yeah. Just start burying all of your money. Yeah. Don't need a bank. Don't need credit cards. Just going to be living out of a hole in my wall. Help me hoard my money. (laughs) There was something you told me that you were going to tell me something. This always happens. We were like, oh, something happened, but I won't tell you until we record and then we'll forget. But you told me something. When did I tell you I had to tell you something? You texted me. It was when you were at the winery. So maybe wine thoughts. I have so many wine thoughts. I'm also so sappy when when I'm drunk. 
Like, I get, like, so emotional and miss you so much. Aww. <laughs> Every time I'm drunk, I text Quinn and I just say, I miss you. I was – so you sent me a picture of you and Chase and you guys were drinking wine at the winery. Mm-hmm. And I was drinking wine, too, because my parents were watching basketball and I just am not a, wine is, like, but, sports yeah. person. I don't know what's going on. So I was <laughs> drinking. Um, and I wanted to send you a picture of myself back, but then I was like, no, no, because I know Sabrina will get excited and she'll show other people. And I was like, looking – heinous i was like i can't respond oh my gosh no it's fine don't worry i missed you a lot this weekend too especially seeing how much fun you guys were having i was jealous we drank a lot i looked up (laughs) because our our friend christina used a porta potty yeah Um, (laughs) and i looked up diseases you can get from public restrooms because i was just concerned yeah probably a lot well if you have a good immune system not much can survive for a long period of time on the toilet seats themselves so if you have a good immune system you'll be okay yeah hopefully hopefully i will survive i will survive hey hey. there's someone singing opera outside of my window in my complex oh that's she is amazing you should yell encore sometimes i try to sing back to her but i i think i upset my neighbors more than anything Whoops. I wonder if you'll be able to hear it in the recording. It's pretty loud and I have all my windows closed. Original music. Hi, Leigh. Leia has original music to sing. Oh my gosh, did you see the video of that woman's cat? Yes, reacting to Leia meowing. So cute. It was cute. Well, should we talk about um, or read people's stories? Okay. All right, okay. Let's do this. Okay. I have a story. Okay. This is from Caitlin and it's titled Encounters. I witnessed my boyfriend's soul astral traveling. Oh my God. Yeah. Hi ladies. I love your podcast. It helps me pass time at my boring office job. Monday mornings aren't so bad listening to your spooky stories every week. I've had many paranormal slash spirit encounters growing up in a very haunted farmhouse as a child. I come from a family of practicing Wiccans and I've always found myself to be quite sensitive to paranormal presences. But today, I want to tell you about how I think that I recently witnessed my boyfriend astral traveling. To give you some background information, last November of 2016, my boyfriend's family lost his older brother very unexpectedly at 37 years old. Oh, so sad. It is really sad. For the sake of the story and the family's privacy, I will refer to my boyfriend as Will and his departed brother as James. Ever since his brother's passing, Will has had a very difficult time with sleep. He reports being able to fall asleep without a problem, but then either continuously wakes up throughout the night or sleeps all the way through, but wakes up extremely exhausted and listless. These are all symptoms of depression from loss. However, things started to get interesting when Will began describing very vivid dreams of him visiting James and having very clear conversations with him about his death. Up until recently, he has been doing very well with getting proper sleep without reporting any overactive dreaming. About a week ago, I was sleeping at his house and in the middle of the night, I was woken up to what felt like Will shuffling slash scooting to the foot of the bed to get up, which is not uncommon for him and his insomnia. So in my sleepy state, I popped my head up to ask him if he was okay. When I looked over at him, I saw him get off the bed and turn around to face me. The blue light from the alarm clock was the only light in the room. I noticed that he looked a little odd. He was thin and shadowy, almost like a silhouette of himself. I blinked a few times and kept staring back at him. And finally I said, hey. And Will replied very warmly, hey, don't worry, I'll be right back. What? Ooh, 
So I put my head back down on the pillow and moved to roll over onto his empty side of the bed. As I stretched out, I felt that his side of the bed was in fact not empty and Will was lying there, very sound asleep next to me. Oh my gosh. This is, oh. I know. That must have been so freaky, but also this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity to witness something like this. I know. It's so fascinating. I figured that more time had passed than I had thought and that maybe I fell back to sleep and already and he had already returned to bed from whatever he got up to do. So fast forward to the morning, I woke up before the alarm went off and I laid there re- replaying the weird event of the night trying to decipher if it was a dream or if it was a real experience. I don't typically remember my dreams. When Will finally wakes up, he's absolutely exhausted and can barely open his eyes. He tells me that his whole body feels heavy and sore. This morning, he was more tired than usual. So I start to grow concerned, thinking he's sick, and perhaps that's why he got up in the night. So I ask him if he got up in the night to go to the bathroom at all. He tells me no with a look of confusion. So then I ask him if he remembers telling me that he will be right back. He does not. Finally, I asked him if he had any weird dreams. He, somewhat annoyed, tells me it's too early for these kinds of conversations. So I dropped the topic. Later on in the morning, Will finally opens up and goes on to describe how for the first time in a few months, he had another dream where he visited James. Intrigued and a little excited, I described my experience from the night before and how I watched him, or a version of him, get up off the bed and tell me that he would be right back. He smiled and chuckled a little bit and told me in an almost joking way that he thinks I probably saw him astral projecting to go see his brother. He tells me that after any dream where he goes to visit James, he always wakes up extremely physically and mentally exhausted. He also told me how he has had dreams where he has seen himself lying asleep in his own bed before venturing out to another plane or world that that somehow exists amidst our own reality. Needless to say, my mind was blown. I still don't know if this experience happened in real life or in a dream state. I have read that we are more in tune with spiritual encounters when our consciences aren't fully awake. I obviously had almost a thousand questions for him about what I saw and what he dreamed about with James, but he didn't want to discuss it too much because I think it was probably a weird experience for him too. I hope it's not a bad omen to witness someone's soul temporarily leave their body. Despite James's untimely passing, I find comfort in the idea of him still visiting Will to catch up and go on brotherly adventures together, though the toll it takes on Will's mind and body can sometimes be concerning. There's obviously still a lot of work to be done in order to work through the grief and confusion that loss brings us, but I can't help but feel that the helpful and empathetic teddy bear of a brother that left us is still coming around to comfort and check in on his family. Thank you for taking the time to read my story. Keep up the great work with your podcast, Kate. Unbelievable. Isn't it? That is so wild. Right. And so exciting. I know. And I wonder, like you said, it is a once in a lifetime opportunity. I doubt many people could say that they've seen someone astral travel. Yeah. And he was so cool about it. He was so nonchalant and just was like, yeah, probably. Right. I'd be asking questions like, where did I, where was I walking to? Was I wearing the same clothes? Like, what did I know? You know, it's kind of confusing. And I wonder if he, had any bit of memory of talking to her while he was it didn't seem like he did because he said right. he didn't get up in the middle of the night so but i wonder if like yeah it probably to him felt like it was all a dream yeah maybe he thought it was a dream yeah astral traveling and astral projection is so fascinating to me and the fact that he he probably does it often but it's only just this mm-hmm. one time that kate has actually seen it yeah 
I mean, it sounds like every single time he's seen his brother, that's probably what's happening. And it makes me wonder now, too, when people think that they're having dream visitations, is it actually a dream visitation or are you visiting? Ooh. But I feel like – and it's also interesting because I think it's such a rare gift to be able to travel and astral travel. But, like, do do you think his family experiences it too or is it just him because he has the ability to do it? I don't know. It could be a familial thing. Like, I've told you about the one time that it happened to me. Right. And then my mom's had it happen to her before as well. Right. But it's – as cool as it sounds, it's also so scary. And like to me, I can feel it sort of coming on because it's like the sleep paralysis that's right. more extreme. It's like buzzing in my ears and it feels like I'm being dragged right down to the ground, like I'm oh, sinking. That reminds me of Get Out. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When that's it's getting hypnotized. Yeah. But it's almost like when I think about it, I'm like, am I actually feeling like I'm sinking or is it the feeling of me leaving my body? behind like i feel like i must hover above my body frequently when i have that and i just fight it so hard because i don't want to leave because insidious and there might be people trying to get me so but our friend emma it's happened to her wait i don't know this story yeah well she i mean she doesn't remember going anywhere but there's been quite a few times where she's been asleep and she can look down at herself wow so that it it is really insane and it's crazy. I mean, it clearly takes such a toll on your physical body as well. Like Kate's boyfriend wakes up and is exhausted physically and mentally. And he said that he felt like bruised and like his body was heavier than mm-hmm. usual. We have someone actually emailed us not too long ago, a, a sort of frightening astral travel story. Really? Yeah. I'll have to find it and read it in one of our upcoming encounters. Okay. It's pretty scary. I was like, oh, thank God. Thank God I don't, like, go anywhere. Because <laughs> that's, that's the other thing. How do you know where you're going? Like, I guess it's your soul, and that's the whole thing. It's, like, souls connecting. and Right. But but if you have the memory and y- you feel like you're conscious almost and going and speaking to someone and you remember it, then that was, like, you doing it. I don't know how you – I don't know. Do you just think, like, I want to go see my brother, and so that's where you're sent? Could I say I don't know. I want or to go is to it Bora Bora and then Bora Bora? <laughs> Pig Island? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't I think I wonder I wonder if it has to be a connection between two souls. So like you were saying, like the strength between, but like both sides of the party have to want to see each other. Mm-hmm. And maybe Kate's boyfriend that night when he was going to bed, he he like missed his brother even more than usual. And because of that powerful emotion he was able to actual travel to his brother because his brother, right. I'm sure, would constantly want to see him. Kind of reminds me of that movie. What's it called? It's like Jumper or Leaper or something. They look at pictures if you have photographs and then you can just teleport. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I know what you're talking about. I don't Yeah. It's I like a rip through the space-time continuum. Yeah. It's so cool. I want to time travel. I want to do everything. I want to teleport. I just want superpower. Yeah. If you could time travel, where would you... What era would you go to? There's so many different ones that I want to go to, but my instinct is to say the 1920s. Because you want to wear all of those dresses and party and... I'm just drawn to that era and like the way that there were all those, the gangs and like Al Capone and mm-hmm. and just the way that the world was. It's like the old money meets the new money. I feel like that right. happened around that period. I mean, well, 
and then the Great Depression. So maybe right, <laughs> everyone lost their money right after that. So. I just want to see it. I just want to like yeah. know what it was really like because I feel like it's depicted in such a specific way in television and movies that um, I really wonder what it was actually like. I know. I don't know when I would go back to. It has to be in the 1900s because I'm not going to go anywhere where there's no toilet paper and people aren't brushing their teeth. But you have the knowledge of it all now. Like if you travel, you have your own knowledge so you can bring toilet paper with you. I'll pack it in my <laughs> Yeah. Bag. Oh, my God. You can That's bring like a time travel bag. Every time I go to a concert. Life hack, you guys. And I did this in college parties too because they always ran out of toilet paper. Yeah. So the past like eight years of my life, I've learned that the first time you go to the bathroom, when there's toilet paper, you grab a bunch, you grab like another four uses and you stuff it in your purse. Smart. So then when you go That's to the bathroom really again, smart. and there's no toilet paper, you're not the one that's screwed. Just hoard toilet paper in your purse. It's like, <laughs> if I'm ever murdered, that's what they're going to find in my purse. Toilet paper? It's going to be very confusing. What did she need this for? <laughs> okay, this one is called my uncle fooled around and got my nursery possessed. Oh, what? <laughs> I don't know. This is from Elizabeth. Hi, ladies. I love the podcast, but who writes in with stories that doesn't? <laughs> anyway, I get such a kick out of the way you guys love the paranormal, but still get terrified together each episode. Yep. I feel like we've gotten a little bit better. We have. It's just my nightmares have gotten worse now from holding it all in. Yeah, I still get scared, but not nearly as much. Right. We're becoming a little bit desensitized. Yeah. Which might be a bad thing. Our guard is maybe not too low. As it should be. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me feel better about how easily I get spooked about anything paranormal. <laughs> I'm obsessed with true crime, conspiracy theories, and all things spooky. So I, will abs- I was absolutely shook to find out this year that my nursery has been haunted slash possessed and I never knew about it. What? So it was like hers as a child. Yeah, and she had no idea. Ooh, I was having dinner with my parents in a stereotypical American-style Mexican restaurant in my hometown when my mom told me this story for the first time. So while you're reading this, imagine you're sitting in one of those carved wooden booths surrounded by tacky, bright murals. That is exactly what I was picturing. (laughs) I've never experienced anything otherworldly, but my mom is very sensitive to all those kinds of things. And my grandpa, her father-in-law, and her grandmother both visited her as apparitions and spoke to her shortly after their death. Wow. I've always known this about my mom, which is one of the reasons I was so surprised that she'd never told me this story before. So when my mom was pregnant with me, my uncle was living with my parents while he was in college. He was having a little too much fun and was on probation with both my grandparents and the school. Nice. During this period, <laughs> he mentioned to my mom that he and his friends were doing quote, art projects, dabbling in the occult or something similar. Art project. Art project. Paper mache is an art project. Yeah. Not satanic rituals. He showed my mom pictures of them staging sacrifices or stuffed animals and mock symbol drawings. Oh, great. So now they're mocking the devil. Oh. This is going really well. My gosh. The fact that he called it art projects, I think, is hilarious. (laughs) I'm doing art. I'm an artist, mom. Look at me paint the devil. These days, I don't even understand half the art that's out there. Uh, He laughed it off as a joke, but my mom is a firm believer that you don't play around with things like that because demons are real. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
and you don't know what you could be inviting into your life. Hell yeah, mom. Fast forward a little bit and my uncle was politely asked to leave college. Politely. He was pissed. My grandparents were pissed. Everyone was pissed. Because my parents were expecting their first child, my grandparents made him move home because my parents really needed to turn his room into my nursery. As soon as he moved out, my mom said that there was an immediate change in the room. Uh Uh-oh. She said the room was almost always icy and dramatically colder than any part of the house. When you walked into the room, she said there is this overwhelming sense of fear that came over you to the point where it almost felt like you were underwater. Oh my gosh. Nevertheless, they painted the room Pepto Pink. (laughs) Or do you remember how good Pepto Bismol tasted? Ugh, still does. Still does. Crack. They painted the room Pepto Pink and covered it in adorable woodland creatures and everything else you'd put in a baby girl's nursery. My parents had three cats at the time for babies before real babies, am I right? (laughs) That's what you're doing. Yep. And none of the cats would step foot into that room. Even after I was brought home, they still refused. Trust your pets, people. Seriously. So my mom spent hours praying aloud in the room before I was born to try to cleanse the room of whatever dark presence it had. Interestingly, nowhere else in the house was affected. Only my uncle's old room. Hmm. Coincidence? My mom said said that things got a lot better right before they brought me home and she was then comfortable with me sleeping in the nursery. After they brought me in the room, things went back to how they were before, but to a lesser extent. I was a very good sleeper, but my mom said I never slept well in my room. I could sleep anywhere else in the house, but I would wake up crying intensely most nights, only to fall asleep for the rest of the night as soon as my parents brought me into the bassinet in their room. Everything culminated one night when my mom said I started screaming bloody murder, worse than anything she'd ever heard. She ran into my room and picked me up, but I didn't stop crying even when she was holding me. My My mom said she turned to carry me out of the room, and when she did, she saw a figure taking up the entire doorway. (gasps) It was humanish shaped with long, spindly arms and legs. Nope. And it was made of semi-transparent black mist with red glowing eyes. Oh my god. (laughs) Nightmares. Oh my god. No wonder her mom didn't tell her. No, the scarring. Because then when she goes home now, whenever she's in her, like, parents house she it's not gonna want to go in that room no she said it looked at her and then it <gasps> it crawled up the wall like a no. spider and vanished oh my god why do this is why spiders are a terrifying animal <laughs> or creature whatever they are demons Crawling. imitate spiders that means spiders are not good kill all the spiders <laughs> oh oh my god crawling just anything crawling is it just kills me. My, my arachnophobia is making me, like, tense up so badly right now. It's because I think it's, like, the fear of being chased. And when you have more legs, m- more legs are faster than just two legs. But also spiders right? are, like, the t- most – I don't even know what it is, but spiders, like, I see one and my whole body clenches up and freezes. Yeah. And to think that a demon or a dark figure acts like that and imitates it – there's a correlation there. There's a correlation. It's like the creature in the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Oh, I don't like it. Crawling around, gross. And also, just things that have human shape shouldn't be able to crawl up walls or have like no. their, their limbs shouldn't extend longer than the, than their bodies. Agreed. I agree with that. This is disgusting. This is like a dark shadow, slender man spider. Hate it. 
My mom screamed so loud, their neighbors called the cops. Oh, my God. She said it was the most terrifying thing she'd ever seen. After after that night, she said nothing ever happened again. She's convinced that my uncle and his friends actually summoned something very powerful and dark while they were playing around. Yes, I agree. He left the house with so much anger that she thinks whatever it was stayed behind in the space. I think it's interesting that this is how my life started. (laughs) (laughs) But I've never had any paranormal experiences after that. But considering the way things started out, I think... That makes me lucky. Yes. The night my mom told me this story, I made my parents let me sleep with them <laughs> because I was too afraid to close my eyes, let alone sleep in my own bed. Who says oh you're gosh. too old to sleep with your parents just because you're in law school? <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you end up reading this, I'm sorry if I scared you both. She scared us, but she's also making us laugh. Yeah. I just had to share this story with you. If you get if you gals ever need a ghost lawyer, let's make that a thing. <laughs> Hit me up. Love Elizabeth. Wow, Elizabeth. This is okay. I love well, two things. I love slash hate the fact that she just found out about this. I know. But I guarantee there are so many people out there who have whose family whose families are keeping stories from them. Right. This is just such this is one of those stories that it's just so good in every single way. Then it makes you want to scream, but then also, like, punch a hole through a wall with excitement. (laughs) You know? I'm so scared, but I'm so thrilled. Right. You're on edge. The uh, adrenaline is rushing through your body. Yeah, I could flip a car right now. (laughs) I'd love to watch that. Um, I'm very concerned for her uncle. I know. What's the direction of his life? Yeah, where where is is he he now? now? Is he still making art? I hope in a much nicer way Uh, it just makes me wonder too what elizabeth like as a baby what was happening to her in that room where she was screaming the way that she was right and i bet you the reason she hasn't had any experiences since is because it was so traumatizing as a child that her brain was like never again closing off yeah maybe and also too i mean this is just something i'm making up i don't know if this is a real thing but maybe whatever was in that well, first of all, they said that the room was contained. The rest of the house was fine, and it was just right. this one room. Mm-hmm. But it also makes me wonder if maybe whatever was there was so awful that every other spirit or entity out there would avoid ever going to that location. It's kind of like to bring back the creature in Waverly Hills Sanatorium, or creature, the creeper. The creeper, um, yeah. Like the spirits avoid the creeper, and they warn other people when the creeper is near. Right. So. I wonder maybe if nothing else would come into that house because whatever was there, which sounds kind of like a creeper, was just too bad. So dark and scary. Wow. That was such a good one. It was so good. So everyone knows that we joke about having our own ghosts. So this episode is sponsored by Songfinch, which is a personalized gifting company that brings stories, feelings, and memories to life through one-of-a-kind song. And we got a song for our ghost. It is so amazing. Like, our minds were blown. We were having a lot of fun just ordering the song, and now we're obsessed. I downloaded it immediately. I've played it on repeat so many times. I've been showing everyone. (laughs) So just a little bit about Songfinch, and then we'll play the song for you guys. We'll play part of it, and then we'll play the, the whole thing at the end of the episode. You have the option to have a song created either from scratch or to personalize an existing song foundation. And the community over at Songfinch 
it's just a community of these professional songwriters who handcraft this personal gift that you can give to anyone. So you can order one for yourself, for your ghost, for your mom, for your dad, for your best friend, whoever. For yourself, mm-hmm. that spider demon crawling on your wall. And personalized songs start at $99, and they're delivered within seven days. So they're extremely fast. So basically, you go on the website, and you start to personalize your song from scratch, and they'll ask you who it's for and what the occasion is. And then you kind of fill out – it's like Mad Libs for a song. Right. So you can pick sort of like the style that you want – um, like who it's for, write a little description yep. if you want any specifics. Uh, if it's for like a wedding, an anniversary, birthday, Christmas, just because whatever. We chose to do it for our ghost because we wanted our ghost to feel loved and accepted on our podcast. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and then we're so lucky because we got assigned to Bo. So once you put all of your specifics in, Song Finch will match you with one of the artists, one of the songwriters that they have mm-hmm. over working for them. Um, and then they just make a song. Yeah. Based they on- write the lyrics. They write the music. Yeah. It's amazing. That is art. That is art. <laughs> your song lives on a personal URL called your story homepage where you can listen and download the song, read the lyrics, and learn about the songwriter that's assigned to write your song. And then you can also share your song. If any of our listeners, if any of you guys want to try out Songfinch, we actually have a promo code for the build from scratch option. So you can use the promo code to get... So you can use the promo code TGOG to get 10% off your personalized song from scratch. So again, promo code TGOG for 10% off of the personalized song from scratch. Yes. And we're going to play a quick clip of our song. of this podcast we host. We offer up the sacrificial toast to let you know we hope. You make yourself at home So won't you speak through The microphone so all the people listening at home Can get to know our goals So be sure to listen at the very end of the episode because we're going to play the entire two plus minutes of song. It is amazing. We'll also post it on our social media if anyone wants to listen to it, listen to it on repeat like we do. <laughs> it's like my homepage now. <laughs> I know. It's so good. And it was actually written by the artist who wrote it. His name is Bo James, and he's from Nashville, Tennessee. And he sent us his ghost story. Right. Do you want to read it? He also has a Spotify page if anyone wants to check check out some of his original music. I mean, this is original. He wrote this too, but. It's pretty cool. It's really cool. I just love him. I know. I feel like we became best friends. I know. I feel like we actually know him, even though we he don't just, at all. <laughs> he just got it right away. He knew He knew what we wanted, and he made it happen. It's he. Yeah. I mean, now we know that he himself has a ghost story, but for right. someone to write that song as well as it was written in the way that we could only dream of, yeah, that someone who has never had a ghost experience, I don't think, could channel that right i think people who love ghosts yes but i think there's a special connection between people who have had 
ghostly encounters or just love ghosts as much as we do. Right. No, that's what I meant. It wasn't necessarily that (laughs) he has to have seen a ghost, but it's just that he is a lover of paranormal because you can't assign that to just anyone. No. It's got to be someone who really loves creepy, scary, ghostly, spiritual things. The dark stuff. Okay. Okay. Bo wrote, hey, glad, (laughs) glad to hear you like the song. I really enjoyed doing it. I wanted to shoot over my ghost stories from my house. It all started when I bought my house back in 2007. I moved in and everything was great. A few months down the road, a friend was visiting and he saw someone walk past the living room doorway, but we were the only people in the house. (laughs) It kept happening throughout the night. And finally, when I stepped out to smoke a cigarette, my friend goes out the front door in a hurry. I asked him what was going on, and he said, there was a man standing in the hallway. I'm out of here. I can't do it. When in doubt, move out. And he got in his car and left. Oh, my God. I went back in, and no one was there. A few months later, my roommate had a friend over, and all the weirdness starts to come from the same room. Our friend woke up in the morning and saw someone standing in the room. He said, what are you doing? And the person didn't answer, so he went for his glasses because he couldn't tell who exactly it was, and when he turns back, the guy is gone. A few months later, same room. My roommate was leaving his room, and the door slammed shut and is held tight. He thinks it's me playing a trick on him, but in reality, I was at class. Oh my god! Ah. He hides in his closet to try and scare me for around five minutes, and then he finally comes out to find that I wasn't home. Oh, my gosh. Holy shit. Can you imagine the panic that sets in when you open and you're like out in the hallway in the open and you're like, oh, my God, no one else is here. But then he also just spent five minutes like waiting to scare Bo. Like the the range of emotion and feeling he had to go through in that five yeah. minute period. Like really excited at first. Like I hope Bo comes in so I can scare him. And then slowly over the f- course of five minutes, he's like, he's not coming in. Why? The ghost probably went in and was watching him hide in the closet. Like, what is he doing? Yeah. (laughs) Then I moved to California and then Tennessee and got married and moved back to the house with my wife. I didn't tell her about the ghost. Dude, (laughs) Bo. What? (laughs) Sometime in the first month, we were having coffee one morning and she said she had a weird dream. She said she saw someone in the room, the same room, across from ours. And then went in there and asked them what they were doing there, and they just stood there. I asked her what the guy looked like, and she said it was a middle-aged man. Everyone has described the ghost as a middle-aged man that's about five foot seven with brown hair. Super creepy that after seven years away, he's still there. Hope you all enjoy. Sincerely, Bo. It sounds like it's someone who probably lived in the home before. Right. He's not doing anything malicious which is good maybe that's the room that he passed away in since he's always in the same room or it was just his bedroom when he lived there i don't know yeah i mean he did lock the roommate in the room though but maybe he was like i don't know it could just have been playful or i I wonder or maybe he wanted some privacy he didn't specify as to if the roommate actually lived in that room if that was the roommate's room mm. so maybe the ghost was just like yeah like going about his normal life and locked his door and it was just at the exact same moment that the roommate was trying to leave maybe not sure 
but how creepy. And to have so many people see the same thing. Right. And to not tell your wife. <laughs> I guess he, there were only a few sightings of it, but, and he maybe thought, and it, maybe you he don't, just forgot about it. Yeah. I guess. And I guess you don't want to be like, hey, we're married. We're going to move into this house. By the way, there's a ghost. Hope there's you're a cool ghost with of it. A man. But also just the fact that, like, it doesn't sound like the spirit is bothering anyone. No. But it he did lock the roommate in. And then another friend who was visiting couldn't stand to even be in the house and ran away. But that could just be because he's terrified of ghosts. Yeah, he might just be spooked. Some people just don't have the uh, the uh, guts to deal with ghosts. That's not the right word. They just don't have the... Um, we don't really have the guts either. <laughs> right. It's just hard. I mean, if you saw a figure standing, regardless of what it was doing or saying, it's a figure who is not supposed to be in that house, mm-hmm. you would run too. True. Because that's the thing about ghosts. Most of the time that you spot a spirit... You are not prepared to spot that spirit right. in that moment. Unless you're hosting a seance and, like, contacting the dead purposefully. Like Sarah Winchester. Right. Well, I have another story. All right. Let's do that. We'll end on that story. And it's quite scary. Oh, okay. So this is from Karen. And she actually sent us a bunch of emails, but there's one specifically that I'm going to read. It's titled Ghost Story. And she says, hi, ladies. I heard about your podcast while listening to Ghosts in the Burbs. I've had several paranormal experiences since I was a little girl, and I'll send you emails from time to time rather than write you one long one. There was one experience with a Ouija board. It just felt too long to type, but one night it told us that the spirit was there for me. It said, one, I was going to get stabbed. Two, the exact date. This was in the fall, and it said, like, February 12th. Three, the time. Something stupid, like 4 a.m., Four, the reason. It said my friend Janie. Five, the location. Campus housing was spread out and there was a shortcut you can take sort of sketchy at night, but I lived in a building on one end of the housing area. Janie lived on the other end and the board said I'd get stabbed between our buildings. Six, it told me who. This total douche named Christian. A a couple years older, a rugby guy. Douche. He was a douche. (laughs) Seven, I asked if there was anything I could do to stop it from happening and it just said Eric. My older brother's name. I said, what about Eric? Nothing. Do I tell him? No response. That's all it gave me. Well, I was freaked the fuck out. So I told my RA, do they call it that in the States, resident advisor? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And he laughed and wrote the date on his dry erase calendar. Dick. (laughs) 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 That's awful. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah. But I guess, I mean, what are you supposed to do? Like, like, how do you prepare for something that a Ouija board told you? Right. It's a Ouija board. You can't call campus police and say one of the students yeah. just thinks that she was speaking to spirits and th- said that she's going to get stabbed on this day at this time. Right. That's, yeah. I also think it was really smart of her to ask what she could do if there was anything she could do. Because I would be in shock and I wouldn't have asked that question. Right. So I called my brother and I told him this story. He was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Until I told him about Christian being the guy who was supposed to stab me. Eric got a little quiet. I went to school a ferry ride away from where my parents and brother lived. Eric asked me to describe Christian. 
I said he's probably Eric's height. He's kind of fat, I guess, but like a muscular fat, like a rugby player who drinks a lot of beer. And a shaved, shiny head. He always wears a... And Eric cut me off by saying, a bulldog varsity jacket? It's some kind of brand of beer, I think. Apparently, Eric had met Christian just a couple nights earlier, as it was the weekend, and I guess Christian went back to the mainland, hooked up with his friend Pete, who me and my brother know, and Eric ran into them and was introduced to the bald, douchey Christian. So that's when Eric got a little freaked out. He said, okay, now you told me, what the hell am I supposed to do to help you? Call the cops and report a stabbing that's going to happen like three months from now? Like we just said. So he said, I'll just ask Pete about Christian. Don't worry. I'll let you know if he sounds like a bad guy. Just try to forget about it. It's just a stupid board and a big coincidence. So I tried to forget about it, and I decided not to play with the Ouija board again. Well, I did, but years later. Anyway, my friend Janie. So she was kind of all involved in her own life and drama, and after a while, it was just hard to listen to her pity party all the time, so we kind of drifted apart. Plus, she was a pretty girl who cared about makeup and boys, and I just wanted to listen to Metallica and Marilyn Manson (laughs) in the dark. We stopped hanging out until one night she calls me and asks me to come over. She was all crying, so I went over, maybe at like 10 p.m. Turns out that her boyfriend had just stood her up for the Valentine's dance, and they broke up. I sat on her floor for hours as she retold the same story and said things like, maybe I'm not pretty enough. Finally, I was like, oh man, I can't take this. You're you're talking in circles. It's so late. I have to go home. I left her place and was walking back to my building when I realized I took the shortcut the board said I would on the night the board said I would because of Janie, like the board said. And it was exactly 4 a.m. Oh my God. Ooh. Ooh. I sprinted back to my building and spoiler, I wasn't stabbed. A couple years later, I became friends with a girl named Melissa who told me she was raped in her first year. That year was the year I was supposed to be stabbed. Christian raped her. After the Valentine's Day dance. Oh my god. Yeah. Full body chills. It's like the craziest story. When I ran into my brother's friend a number of years later, he still remembered my brother telling him about the Ouija board and he made fun of me, but I think it saved me for sure. I'll send more stories soon. Thanks guys, Karen. I am just so shocked. Yeah. And it makes me wonder what spirit was coming through on the board. Because... Yeah. Obviously, they were whoever it was was trying to look out for her and give her a warning. Right. She she did email us and said that she had played with the Ouija board previously and it was giving her messages. So I wonder if it's the same spirit. Right. And who is this? Is this a relative? Is this someone who right. maybe lived on the college campus? Right. It's so mysterious. Thank but this this reminds me of the story we read a while back on an Encounters episode where it the a Ouija board predicted someone's the day that someone was going to die, and the yeah, woman, that girl's the woman death. did die. Yeah, I know. Oh Which my brings gosh. up so many questions of the paranormal world and the universe in general. Of like, is everything predetermined? That's yeah. yeah. I didn't even think about that. Do we make any of our own decisions, or was well? But Karen, I mean, given that she was given the knowledge that it that was supposed to happen, right? And That's so true. She was able to avoid it. Right. That's true. But we don't know for sure. I mean, there are too many coincidences to say that we don't know for sure had she not sprinted or known that right. she wouldn't have been stabbed. But And then the other girl, it's so devastating. And she wasn't stabbed. You know, it's interesting that 
the Ouija board said that Karen was going to get stabbed and then the other girl was raped. Right. Perhaps he had a knife with him while he did it to her. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, if something so traumatizing like that happens to someone, I'm sure maybe not all of the details are shared. Right. Oh, it's so horrible. And the fact that Karen became friends with the girl. I know. I just keep running through scenarios, too. Like, what if Karen still was supposed to be stabbed, but that other girl at the dance who was raped, something else changed in her path, which then put her in the path of the man who was supposed to attack Karen. Oh, my God. And so Karen still would have been stabbed had this other girl not diverged from her path. It's so crazy. I I have a a million questions for the universe now. It makes you wish that you could know when all the bad things were going to happen so that you could stop them. Right, and know the way that you could stop them. And the, but that's a dangerous way to live your life too. Like if you constantly were aware of something that was going to happen, you'd be you'd be. I feel like this would make a good movie where you're just stuck, constantly living your life in fear of something that's going to happen. So you're constantly trying to train change your right. fate. But I mean, that's just like Final Destination. You know, this movies were already made. <laughs> <laughs> it already exists. Escape your death, but fate will come back for you and and death will get you. And the other hard part, too, is that, like, it almost makes me think, okay, so one horrible thing was avoided, which was Karen getting stabbed. But is that negative energy then – does that have to – like, she avoided something so horrible, so then does death or – violence or whatever move on to someone else's plate because yes karen avoided something horrible but in turn another girl experienced something quite horrible as well hmm. i'd rather be stabbed than raped oh 100 percent. yeah that's worse both are violating just don't yeah don't hurt people you guys just love people why can't we just give hugs and then, too, this this hurts us with our argument saying don't use Ouija boards because had Karen not used her Ouija board, I know. she might not have known to run that night. If you're smart and safe, like, it's understandable and there are safe ways to use Ouija boards. Mm-hmm. But you have to be careful because you never know what you're inviting. And don't stick out for longer than you think. Like, I think that's the problem, too, is curiosity gets the best of a lot of us. Right. And if something starts happening and it starts feeling off, we linger just to see what will happen. Yeah, but I like think just one more question, especially are one of those situations where it's like if something seems off, you just say goodbye. 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 It's kind of like our favorite podcast, My Favorite Murder, where they say fuck the lateness. You, the Fuck same it. can be applied to a Ouija board. Yeah. If it doesn't feel right, don't do it. Right. Wow. Guys, send us your ghost stories. Yes. Email uh, them to us. <laughs> Sorry. My, my mind is just like going through all these know. scenarios and I have so many questions and I just, I don't know. Uh, uh. But yes, please email us at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com you can always also email us your thoughts and and your ex- what you believe about some of these stories because i know that they they can be hard to process and or on our facebook page we can you can always start a chain to discuss stories we talk about on the podcast um and join our facebook group and we have twitter and instagram we do 
And we also have iTunes page where you can <laughs> review us. Please. And those are important to yeah. write us reviews and then also just word of mouth and tell people about us because that's what keeps us relevant. That's what keeps us um, featured or on the top 200 pages so that other people like you can find us. Exactly. Yes. And remember, use the promo code TGOG to get 10% off your personalized song from scratch on Songfinch. And don't forget to listen to the last part of this. Oh, yeah. Episode after, we say our, after we say our closing, it will play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to the whole song. You still have another three minutes, you guys. Don't, don't give up yet. Don't okay. give up. Okay. We will, we will see, you see you on the other on the side. Other side. This is Get to Know Our Ghost by Bo James. We both know you've been around for a while. You haunt us in your own particular style the mics cut out and we know we're not alone so poltergeist of this podcast we host we offer up the sacrificial toast to let you know we hope you make yourself at home Get to know our ghost Tell us all about the spirits you see In the darkness of the in-between Every cow's Oh, oh, oh.